Welcome back to another episode of Keeping Current. This is Dad Bell from Kansas City Soccer Journal. With me, I have Daniel Sperry from the KC Star. How are you doing, Daniel? I'm doing good, Dad. It's good to... I think you texted me last week in the middle of a press conference of, you're really back. And yes, I'm I'm back. Um, I had a nice vacation. I missed the win against Louisville. Um, I was dying of heat exhaustion um, on a golf course. No, actually, sorry. That was the sporting game. It was the next day I was actually... Uh, I think I was bowling somewhere uh, at uh, Big Cedar Lodge um, during that game. And I got yelled at by my friends to stop working um, while I was trying to fire off a tweet at the end of the game. So, <laughs> um, but ultimately I went back and watched good results, but yeah, it's good to be back in the saddle. As we yeah. It's been back. a while since we just recorded, hasn't it? Yeah, it has been lots of, you know, how summer is right. Uh, World cup, um, moving to Challenge Cup play, interrupted schedules, all that kind of fun stuff. So, Between sporting and the current and the World Cup and just other life in general, man, it's been kind of really busy. So I kind of enjoyed having a week and a half or so with nothing much going on. Yes. Oh, gosh. A weekend last weekend where I had zero games to cover. Amazing. Still, this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, I do not have to work. It's wonderful. Um, very much looking forward to it. Uh, Wesley uh, has started soccer. Um, if you haven't caught on Twitter, she is uh, she constant during the sporting's little four year old thing that they're doing. Uh, they give him the ball and they let him dribble it around and stuff like that. And every single time she kicks it too far away, she goes and picks it up and puts it back in front of her feet so it's not so she can try and control it. And essentially, she just picked up the ball. And I was like, We have a goalkeeper. Is she going to be tall? I don't know. She's four and she is very, she's like very high up there percentile. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens when we go to her four-year-old, her true four-year-old doctor's appointment in October. Um, Cause she's almost four and she is way taller than either Bethany and I ever were. There are some tall genes on Bethany's side of the family. Neither of us have any tall genes personally. So we'll see whether or not she gets some weird recessive tall gene. Okay, because that wasn't me trying to make fun of you in any way, shape, or form. You're you are <laughs> well, not the tallest friend I have. So I am not, but I also was this tall when I was in like sixth grade. So I played goalie for a while because I was the big dude. I was a catcher. I played goalie. I was a power forward in middle school basketball. They had me playing the four. I'm five foot six. I did not ever get taller than this. So right. Um I'm I'm guessing people who tuned into this did not tune in for that part of Daniel's it was life story. Um, but yeah, it was just good to have a little time away from covering soccer as mm-hmm. frantically as we were there for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, current, this is what this pod is supposed to be about. The current have done mm-hmm. well in the challenge cup. They won the central division and yeah. what was it? Four, one and one total overall. Um, really just that one loss against Louisville and then a draw against Chicago, everything else has been wins. What's been the difference, man? Um, So I think early on um, the challenge cup games uh, came at times when the other team was rotating. So Houston chose to rotate significantly in that first game. The current did not, they played their starting lineup uh, in that first match of the challenge cup. Um, second match, I think they throttled 
uh, Chicago or did they lose to Louisville in that one? I can't remember exactly what happened, but one within those first three, because they played three games before this three game stretch during the World Cup of the Challenge Cup. Um, but they throttled Chicago in the next one as they should. Um, they are a better team on paper than Chicago. I think Chicago has outperformed even what they should be. I don't think they're that great of a team. They've done well uh, for how what they have on the roster, but it's still a rough situation. Yeah. Um, they lose in Louisville. Uh, Louisville was their bogey team this year. Um, a, in a way, a little bit last year too. They've been a bogey team. Um, and then, you know, they throttled Houston again at home. Uh, and I think what's been the difference, I just, I think that they have been able to play at full strength more so than everybody else in their division as well. Um, Houston has their own problems, right? Houston was a full strength in that game that they got throttled here in Kansas city. Um, they still did not look remotely dangerous despite even scoring a goal. Um, I, I think the current have found their stride in these challenge cup games, um, and have been able to grind out the results in the right way that they, in the ways that they haven't in the regular season. Um, I think there's a couple games in the regular season that I'm looking at that I'm like, ah, these should have been wins um, that, you know, for some reason or other, they fell apart um, later on, but the challenge cup has provided an opportunity um, for them to grind out games and clinch victories late. Um, and I think they've shown that maybe during their stretch run, it's a, it'll have allowed them to really, gain their footing back and be in good form during the final league stretch. So, uh, we typically uh, have a fair amount of agreement when we talk about some of these things, but I'm going to disagree a little bit here. The um, I don't think that current have really been full strength because they've been missing Gatro and Di Bernardo uh, the last few games yeah. of the challenge cup. And they have gotten Hamilton and, and uh, Loetta back and that, I think that's made the difference is Hammy's been in form and you've actually had a, a real, I don't say a real six because she wasn't originally a real six, but she's played six often enough that she's a good one. And mm-hmm. so having Loera back at that spot has really, I think, made the biggest difference for him when they were playing teams that were a little bit shorthanded. Yeah, I agree with that, um, especially during this latter half stretch of the games. Uh, I think one thing that I just took away in general from the challenge cup is just how good they were defensively throughout it. Um, one, only one game where they gave up double digit goals. Um, and that was in the the loss in Louisville. Every other time they gave up one goal or none. Um, and, uh, had multiple clean sheets within that challenge cup run. Um, so, you know, look at that 14 goals scored four against, um, in six games, very, very good output. Um, and that, that's, that's like what I feel like that's what we expected out of this team for a decent amount of the season, maybe not that dominant at times. Cause I think there's some tougher competition in some of the other, um, regional brackets, but at the same time, um, this is a team that we expected to be very good. I mean, in the challenge cup, they've been very good. And in the challenge cup, they've had a lot more of Elizabeth ball than they have in the regular season. And to me, I think you can key in on Alex Loetta. Sure. And I agree with you there, but the the signs of the back line were really showing strong, even when it was just Morgan Gatro and uh, and Elizabeth Ball getting plugged back into the team, um, kind of through that midway stretch in June or so. Um, I was going back and doing some research for the last article I wrote. In the last eight games, they're six, one, and three um, since the start of June. 
um, in all competitions. Uh, that includes multiple road wins. Um, that's very, sorry, not six, one and three, six, one and two. No, that doesn't work. That math is poor. Anyway, because you said uh, last eight games and gave me a 10. I'm going to have to go back and do this <laughs> again uh, live on the pod. Look at that live radio, live I, no, I, radio, I, something I, like that. But sorry, I'll take it back. Since June, they're six, one and three. So 10 games. Right. Um, and they uh, defensively have been very sound. Um, one, two, three, four, five clean sheets in those 10 games. Um, uh, that that's and Elizabeth Ball has been there for most of them, and so I think to me that's the that's the big takeaway um, is that back line being solidified by Elizabeth Ball's presence um, has led to a much better defensive performance in general. But I even think at times it's allowed them to be much better in possession as well um, out of the back uh, in allowing Gabby Robinson, Gabrielle Robinson, to do what she does very well on the ball. Um, which will lead to some interesting thoughts down the line. But yeah, I think the the defense, they're, they're scoring goals great. We expected them to score some goals, but that defense has been really strong throughout the Challenge Cup, but really since June, and that's made a big difference in their turnaround. Yeah, and I, I did not want to leave E-Ball out and when I was saying that earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. Also in this Challenge Cup, we have seen kind of the resurgence of AD French. Yep, that was a next, the next one to lead to. The... Uh, Early on, I think she was quite poor in the first few games of the season, and that's when Cassie kind of took over as the red steady starter. Uh, AD's kind of had the alternate competition. Sometimes teams do that, with given given one keeper uh, the league play, one keeper the other competition. But she's looked good. It's going to be a question of does she start in the next regular season game? Yeah, and I I know I know they really haven't put out and. They haven't put her on the injury report, but I believe on the broadcast for one of the last games I watched, they mentioned an injury that Cassie Miller has that has been, um, and we've seen her work off to the side a couple of times during practice over the last couple of weeks as well. So it might be something, you know, so small that they're not worried about it. They're not going to put it on the injury report and they're just kind of making, giving AD the opportunity, but um, whether or not, however, AD got the opportunity, I think she's definitely made the most of it. It is the most, ad that ad has looked all season um i think there was a stretch last year in the challenge cup where ad was still getting her feet wet and in the season and maybe a little bit of a slow start as well um that year and then of course last year she ended up being a goalkeeper of the year nominee at the end of the season um so you know players have ebbs and flows in their seasons and um it's it's great to see i mean i i you always want people, good people to succeed. AD is a great person and uh, it's good to see her back uh, succeeding in the way that I think all of us knew that AD can uh, succeed. Yeah. I I don't disagree with with that. One little thing, her ball work with her feet looks uh, incredible. She looks so much more comfortable. And then she did at the beginning of the season, which was interesting to me because I thought she looked really comfortable with it last year as well. Um, So I don't know if it was maybe some confidence stuff at the beginning of the season or, or what, and that's something maybe she'll we'll have to try and get out of her <laughs> a little bit. But at the same time, I think uh, I I uh, it in all facets she looks comfortable back there, and it's it's looked very um, much like the eighty that we expect. 
she's often one that's hard to get that sort of stuff out of. She has uh, some very good answering ability that she will kind of redirect that question to be the, what she wants it to be. Uh, but yeah, she's looked good back there. You're right. Every player has the ebbs and flows, but she was really looking bad at the beginning of the year. At least a couple of times she passed it right up the middle to the opposing team who came right back at her. Uh, technically a couple of own goals where she missed the, missed the ball and it went off the post and back off of her. Uh, but I don't know she worked and she's gotten that confidence back or the, the edge or whatever it was that has got her back in, in form. So I don't know if Cassie is hurt in practice, last practices I've seen, they've been full participation, both right. of them. And so I think that's just really going to be who coach Caro thinks is the, the one that's going to get her the win. Yeah. And that's going to be, that's a big question all around. Um, there's a lot of choices that the current have and they don't have a ton of time anymore to kind of work that out. Um, so whatever the choice is come Friday, um, that's, that needs to be a very solidified choice um, because we're at a point now where they, they got to pick up those, those results. And, they, and if they fail to, they are very quickly going to be uh, gone from the postseason talk. Yeah, that's uh I think we might as well just transition to that for a second since we got there. They have to win all, they just about have to win out at this point. Don't you think? I don't think, I don't think they can afford. um, So there's seven games left. I don't know that they can afford to win any less um, than five of those seven. Um, I I think there's room for a a couple of draws in there. Maybe Um, there's room for even a loss and a draw. Um, 15 points puts them at 33, which should potentially put them really right in the mix at number at the number six spot. But they, I mean, they really have no option other than winning five of those games, which means they need to win all every single one of their home games starting Friday night. And they're going to need to pick off two on the road as well. Um, all their road matches are against uh, playoff teams and all of their home matches are against teams that are currently below the playoff line. So um, that's, that's going to be, that'll, that'll be a fun task. Yeah, that's uh that's interesting. I had not looked at the position of those teams yet. Mm-hmm. The, but I it's four away games, three home games. They've the home games are Chicago. Well, okay. I take that back. Rain is, is a, currently in a playoff spot, but. Correct. Still, so, so I'm wrong. But rain. But anyways, Chicago um, and Houston are, I think, the other remaining home regular season matches, um, which feels like we've played them a thousand times, but we still have one more. Uh, <laughs> we still have one more game against those two. Both will be at home, um, which will be interesting. Yeah, so yeah, Angel City, Chicago, and Oh, I take that back. I am wrong. It is Angel City. Yeah, I was just double checking what you were saying there. I'm wrong. Um forgive me. That's okay, man. It's it's your math has been off. You're you just you're out of sync from being off, man. It's all a mess. Ignore everything I said about <laughs> what they've got left coming up on their schedule. However, I still this doesn't change the fact that I think they've got to win every single home game and win at least two of the road games. Yeah, and that's just to make the playoffs. That's not to even get up to fifth position. So it's just yes, <laughs> it's not going to be easy. And they've they've dug their own hole. Uh, you know, multiple uh, losing streaks 
three game losing streak, four game losing streak, two game losing streak. And technically they're on a one game losing streak going into the regular season, back into the regular season play. So, yep. However, they don't have, they have Dabinia back from the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do have potentially Di Bernardo and Gatro coming back from concussion. Di Bernardo was in some training this week. Um, the day I was there, she was just doing passing patterns, so nothing too strenuous, but that's at least a step back towards the being on the field. And I had originally thought Gatro would be back before Di Bernardo, but that uh, may not be the case. Yeah. We have uh, Hannah Glass. Hannah Glass. What mm-hmm. do, is it? I know it's Hannah, but I always want to say Hannah, I think, for some dumb reason. So I apologize, but uh, she's getting close to being on the field. Uh, La Boger is pretty close to being back on the field. It's going to be crowded, and it's going to be a lot of choices for Coach. There's going to be choices for Coach. There's going to be choices for Cammy. Um, they, their roster, as is with the new signings, is full. Um, and they are at the moment, they are fine. The moment they need to activate, um, any of, uh, Lavoge or gloss, um, and potentially Desi Scott as well. Um, someone will have to come off the roster for that to happen. Right. Um, whether that's through another injury designation, if that were to happen, um, that could be a way out. If a player, another get if a player somehow gets injured long term, here they can do that. That, but um, in general, that seems relatively unlikely. So you've got to find a way to get those players onto the roster first, which is going to create a bit of a crunch. Um, but yeah. Uh, there, there's a lot of not only is that a question but then like you said caro is going to have decisions to on, on who to play and um you know how much can gloss and lavoge um contribute right away not very much it's going to take a couple of games of minutes for them to even be close to 60 minutes ready um so you know are they just going to be eventually role players um off the bench and maybe a spot start if needed down the stretch, that might have to be the case because, I mean, I, I don't know how much you, you can't really just replace the right back who's been playing every single game for the final four games of the season. Um, and it, you, you could, but that might be a little detrimental. So um, yeah. there's continuity that it has taken a little while for them to build up. And so it'll be really interesting to see what exactly they do with the back line. Um, Izzy Rodriguez has played very well. Haley Mace has made it known she doesn't really like playing uh, as a fullback in the back four um, and has enjoyed freedom either as the wingback in a back three slash five or higher up the field, um, which might be a new home for her. So um, there's a lot of different things that are floating right now, but all I know right now is that the two players that absolutely can't come off that back line, in my opinion, are Izzy Rodriguez and Elizabeth Ball at the moment. And I really think Izzy is if you're going to play a back four, I think Izzy is the perfect natural fullback for that role. And I think she's shown over the Challenge Cup games and even during the games that she played in the regular season that she can absolutely handle um, that role. I think she's a perfect attacking-minded, overlapping, or sometimes inverting fullback um, for what this team wants to do. 
Yeah, I really like her in that role. I, we've, I think we've both been kind of an advocate for seeing her more out there, and it's been good to see her more out there. Yeah. Uh, I, I there's so many options. I with uh with Mace being you know, in all probability pushed up to a a, a winger. You can also do that with uh with Glass. Also, you, she could be pushed up as a winger because of her speed, and so she could also be a like, especially if she's not starting, she could be a winger that comes in to close out a game and still provide a little scoring punch type of thing also, but that puts the much better than maybe much better than putting on Addison Merrick as a forward in the the Chicago game. Yeah. (laughs) All respect to Addie. (laughs) I think she's a great defender, but I think she might agree that right wing is not uh, Addie's uh, strong suit. Yeah. I wonder how long it's been since she's played that role. Uh, <laughs> you know, cause almost everybody starts as a, almost all the professional players actually start as forwards and just get pushed back as they get older. And they find that that's, yeah. they're not as good attacker as the, the other person on the team. So yeah. it, I think everybody has played at that role at spot, that spot, but yeah, no, she needs to stay back. But I do think with glass, I think she is kind of, uh, uh, a better defending version of mace on the opposite side. So that should be interesting. Uh, give again, giving yeah. coach options and someone who is more experienced at playing right back in a fullback situation or in, in a back four situation. I mean, I don't think Haley wasn't playing fullback as much when she uh, was in North Carolina, if I'm correct. Um, and uh, they weren't necessarily playing a back three either um, at North Carolina. So she wouldn't have been in that wing back role. Um, it's a role that they found that she excelled in last year. Um, but at, even with the national team, she looked a little uh, uneasy playing as a pure fullback in a back four. Yeah. Um, and it, 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 during this season, it's limited what she does really, really well. And there were times um, when uh, when she initially, when Caroline initially got in, um, where late they would bring on Izzy and push Haley up high um and all of a sudden the current went on a run uh, i think it was that gotham game they nearly scored like four goals within five minutes um in that gotham game at home because of the move that Haley mace was that that made and she had more pressure she was looking to get in behind um, a back line that was already stepping significantly late but it was still she was cutting to the end like you see the goal that hammy scored her second goal um, that winger getting to the end line and playing that cutback to a great poacher like Hammy has not been a thing that's happened very much. Dabinia did assist her in that game, in that win against North Carolina uh, in that fashion. But that's a move that I think Lee Nguyen has been working with them to yep. get more to the end line and spread teams out that way. Um, and I think that's something that she would be really, really good at with her speed and her dribbling ability to get inside and play that play that type of stuff. Whereas CC, when she plays on the wing, she's almost playing as kind of an inside forward. And she's looking to be more around the six versus being uh, a little bit wider or down to the end line. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how much Mace maybe starts at the wing um, if she does going forward. But I, I like the first, this lineup sheet on Friday night, I, I have high anticipation for, um, but we do know it probably won't include either of Lauren or Stina Balsager. Correct. Uh, I was told next week is probably the earliest the visas come in. Yeah. So, I mean, let's say they come in next week. That's still probably at least another 
few days before they're in and settled enough to even think about being in a lineup. And traditionally this team doesn't rush people into lineups. So nope. uh, I don't know how much we'll really truly even see them this year. I mean, I'm sure they will be in some yeah. games, but I think that, that I just, I want, I have doubts that we'll see him a ton. So yeah. Uh, you know, of course things depend on injuries and lots of other factors and maybe, Stina and Lauren come in and impress so much that they take one of the center back spots, but maybe, um, how would you, how would you try and integrate them? That's the question that I have. And see, that's, that's one of the issues because you, that's, they both play a spot where you don't normally just sub a player in for a few minutes, you know, to, to get them in. So maybe you do bring them in late in the game and then spread it spread it to a three back line. If you're in the lead, you know what I mean? Um, just to get them a little time, but having experienced NWSL players next to them. Yeah. I, uh, I think if there's one, just because of the player that she is, I think could handle um, the way that the back line is kind of set up right now. Um, I, Gabrielle Robinson has been a wonderful rookie. Um, she's been very, very good, uh, and unfortunately was put in a lot of tough spots early on just by the amount of depth and personnel that she had. She was probably at times the best defender that they were playing on the back line. Yep. Um, and that one that just goes to show her quality already as a rookie. Um, but two, um, you know, just what the issue that they had, uh, with the depth at that point due to injuries and everything. And I think, uh, because of the way she and Elizabeth Ball work really well together, I think if you were to put one of them in, I think actually Lauren might be the most likely to play just because she is a more technical and comfortable on the ball type defender, um, which is what Gabrielle Robinson has been uh, in the in the back line. If you were to compare it to sporting, she's been the Andre Ufantas and at times looks very much like Andre Ufantas and some of the actions that she does um, and, and, and the, the passes that she can pick out and the, the line breaking ability that she has. Lauren has that as well. And she's very comfortable on the ball, very good line breaking. Um, and, Are you and saying I, put her in instead of Gabby? If I think that's the most likely if that were to happen, if you were, if you had to, if you were, if you had me under the thumb and were saying, make a choice, who do you put in? I think that's probably where I would go with the center back pairing. But I, you know, at the same time, injuries can, can change that. Um, yellow cards could change that. Yep. Um, suspensions, all those things are possible. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it, it, it's it's a tough one because Gabrielle has been so so good, um, and I think her and Elizabeth Ball have really finally developed a, a a chemistry chemistry and a very complementary um, style of defending between the two of them and how they ha- handle certain situations and snuff certain things out, um, and it's been working well. It's hard to go away from what's been working well. Um, but at the same time, owners have made investments in these players and they're going to want to see them on the field as well. So it'll be interesting. I think Lauren, as much as a, as a, as much as she could help the team now, um, is 
very much a move for the future in thinking as well. We're talking a 20 year old um, who very young. started every for Brazil at the World Cup and still has double digit caps for Brazil. Um, she's very young, but very still very experienced and very good. Um, and Stina is one that seems to be a player that you would think would come in now. But stylistically, I don't know how she and Elizabeth Ball fit together. So it'll be interesting to see how it works. Um, but um, yeah, man, I, thankfully, I don't have to be the one to make the decisions. But um, I, I think stylistically, the, the Lauren seeing Lauren play for Gabrielle Robinson is the only one that I could see that like you can truly justify right now. Um, and I think if, if you were to pull both her and Elizabeth ball out, I think there would be um, some ruffled feathers uh, if you were to do that at this stage of the season. Yeah. It would have been so much different if they would have been here a month earlier, like just, you know, yeah, the way the team was playing, it would have been much easier to swap for some players in and out. But when mm-hmm. you're having success, it's a lot harder to switch those players out. Yeah, and and I, I, Caro said that she was happy to be having a headache that that this is going to cause problems. It's good to have the it's good to have the problems. Well, and it's good to have competition within the squad to make sure everyone is at their highest level. Um, but Something to be said about something to be said about the use of resources and when um and all that. So yeah, so I I wish we could get it out of Carol how she plans to integrate them. I've asked it in like three different ways over the last three times <laughs> that we've had availability. And you know, well, I'm happy to have that problem. That you know, that's so well we will see she hasn't she hasn't quite gone to the matt potter school of question answering but oh uh, nowhere near that but it's still one of those where the coach is not going to give you any answers (laughs) (laughs) until you get a lineup sheet right you have to ask but yeah nowhere near the matt potter style of answering i mean (laughs) you don't have to answer (laughs) i mean she actually you know answers that players are injured um unlike matt did Yep. All right. Anything else we need to talk about? We got about five minutes left on this pod before I have to kill it. Been watching the World Cup? I have, although I've been watching it more on reruns <laughs> or, uh, you know, quick highlights. Um, I'm sad Columbia is out. Um, they've been so much fun to watch. Um, I don't like England, but um, I. Columbia has been a lot of fun to watch. Linda Caicedo's a future superstar. Um, if she isn't already a superstar. Um, and then I'm disappointed for Sweden. Um, just because I think this is in a way kind of their golden generation. Um, they're one I've of their heard best described that way by people who know or a, or a, or a team that has been so good over and so close to to fall short again i think is sad um but it'll be cool i mean we're gonna get a first time winner yeah um, which is awesome and i think uh spain is a fantastic team i wish the manager would just suck it up and play alexia patelis because i think they'd smoke whoever they play in the final if they did um but that's a really, really fantastic team. Australia is a great story. I hope they beat England. 
Um, but uh, no matter what, I think I'm pulling for uh, La Feria Roja in, uh, to, to win it all at this point. But wild road. I know it was interesting. I asked Dabinia today. I, won't, I don't want to ramble too much, but I asked Dabinia today um, about leaving, you know, the, the World Cup. And I think she mentioned just how much she goes. We played it against Jamaica and they're fantastic. Like they're good. Like it, it's been incredible to watch Jamaica, South Africa, um, Nigeria, all wonderful to watch. Randy Waldrum has done a great job with Nigeria under terribly frustrating circumstances with their fresh, with their federation, their um, great coach out at uh, university of Pittsburgh. Um, a really nice guy. Um, the, uh, the thing with, uh, uh, where was I going? But just with Dabini was talking about how many, you know, the U.S. goes home early. Germany doesn't make it out of the group stage. Brazil doesn't make it out of the group stage. Um, Canada. I think Canada doesn't make it out. I think that's like, to be honest, I didn't think Canada would make it out anyways with the injuries that they were facing and some of their squad decisions and everything they're facing off the field. Um, but I, you know, I think the, a lot of the traditional giants – um, had a bit of a wake-up call uh, during this World Cup and uh, that the game has grown a lot and it's been really cool to see that. Um, and I think Dabini pointed out that it's disappointing to see, to, for her to be home um, early and to leave in the fashion that they did. But she said it's also kind of alluded to the fact that it's encouraging to see how much the women's game has grown uh, in four years, much less even eight years um uh from the world cup that was in canada so awesome uh awesome tournament to watch great spectacle ton of surprises and a whole lot of fun i think uh i think when the world cup's done we should actually just have one that we sit down and just talk world cup what do you think yeah i'm done cool all right um yeah i will probably get up in the morning to watch the england jamaica or england australia game sorry uh what the it's 5 a.m. our time, I believe. So Might be 10. I, uh, I will be rooting for Australia because I can't root for England. But I, I just kind of hope Australia, I've kind of always had a little bit of a soft spot for them, having met some of their players before and stuff like that. Katrina Gorey used to be here in Kansas City. Uh, Sam Kerr has always been amazing, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh that one player for Spain, uh, she's the one that scored the first goal against in the in the semifinal. Uh, she's nineteen, I believe. Yes, she's she's played in the U nineteen World Cup final, the U twenty World Cup final, and now in will be in the senior World Cup final all before she turns twenty. Yeah, that's wild. And you look at like I think like Linda Caicedo, I think was what the first one to score at all three uh world cups uh and she's played in three world cups in a year or something like that it's ridiculous yeah. unreal it's uh so there's some really really talented women out there across the across the world uh us does not have a uh, domination on the top 20 players at all anymore nope but we can again we can break that down a little bit more when we talk about that uh i will see you friday man all right yeah Rain versus current. Friday night, be there. They'll break the attendance record again, I believe. Probably. We are out. Mm-hmm.